No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see Daniel's enemies accusing him before King Darius, so the king reluctantly casts Daniel into the lion's den. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Daniel chapter 6 on Simply the Bible. Daniel was now serving in the kingdom of the Medes and Persians. King Darius was so impressed with Daniel that he thought of putting him over the whole realm. But two governors and 120 satraps were jealous of Daniel and formed a plot against him. They convinced the king to sign a decree that for 30 days anyone who prayed to any god or man except him would be cast into the lion's den. When Daniel heard about the decree, he went into his upper room, opened the windows toward Jerusalem, and prayed three times daily, according to his custom since his early days. No decree of man was going to prevent him from worshiping the Lord. We continue in Daniel chapter 6, verse 11. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any god or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. Now notice how crafty these men were in presenting this matter before the king. Have you not signed a decree? Well, they knew full well that the king had signed it, but they wanted to trap him. So they answered and said before the king, That Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, or for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. According to the historian Herodotus, Daniel was actually set free by King Cyrus from being a captive. So by calling Daniel a captive from Judah, they reminded the king of Daniel's past, even though he had served as an official to five kings in Babylon, including Darius himself. You know, Satan often accuses us by reminding us of our past. He wants to keep us under the power of the old life of sin. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed. You see, at this point, Darius realized that he had stepped into their trap. He did not react as King Nebuchadnezzar reacted when he was told about Daniel's three friends not bowing down to the image that he built. In that case, Nebuchadnezzar became furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But Darius was upset with himself. He realized that he had been duped by their wicked plot and that his pride had gotten the best of him at the cost of of now losing his future prime minister and friend. So Darius set his heart to deliver Daniel, 
and labored all day looking for some loophole in the law, but he was unsuccessful. And that evening, the governors and satraps reminded the king that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, his decree could not be changed. Now, this shows the inferiority of the kingdom of the Medes and Persians compared to the Babylonian kingdom. That is what Nebuchadnezzar saw in his dream of the great statue. The Babylonian kingdom was the head of gold, whereas the kingdom of the Medes and Persians was the chest and arms of silver. It was an inferior metal. And so we see that Darius did not have the same power that Nebuchadnezzar had. If Nebuchadnezzar had issued a decree and later regretted it, he would have simply revoked it. And if anyone stood in his way, he would have executed them. But Darius was obligated to submit to the rule of law and could not alter or revoke even his own decree. So the king gave the command and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signets of his lords, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Now I wonder what was going through Daniel's mind when they arrested him and took him to the lion's den. Did he expect God to deliver him from the lion's den? God does not always deliver his servants from trials or even from death. Certainly many have honored the Lord through martyrdom. But whatever Daniel was thinking, I'm convinced that he was at peace in his spirit that God was fully in control and would have his way with Daniel. Darius, on the other hand, was a wreck. He was already greatly troubled because he knew that Daniel's peril was the result of his own stupidity. He told Daniel that the God he serves would deliver him. Now, perhaps Daniel had been witnessing to Darius. He probably had, and, and Darius had some element of faith in Daniel's God. But did he really believe that Daniel's God would deliver him from the mouth of the lions? The lion's den was actually a pit with a door at the top that was sealed. No one would dare break that seal. Therefore, they would have proof the next morning that no one had rescued Daniel by helping him out of the den. Now, the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no musicians were brought to him, and also sleep went from him. That night, Darius couldn't sleep. He wasn't at peace. By fasting and denying himself all entertainment, he was mourning over Daniel's situation I would imagine that he was also praying to Daniel's God that he would save his faithful servant somehow. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. When Darius arrived at the den early the next morning, no doubt he feared the worst. When he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? It is interesting that he calls him the living God. This was an admission that Daniel's God was different from the other gods that were mere idols. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths so that they have not hurt me, because I was found innocent before him. 
And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Daniel was respectful as he addressed the king. God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that he was not hurt. But God's angel would have certainly been a comfort to Daniel as well. Daniel knew that he was innocent before the Lord and had done nothing wrong against the king. His conscience was clear. He probably slept much more soundly, in fact, than the king, who had a greatly troubled conscience. This gives us an interesting insight into the schemes of man. God may allow them to proceed against us to a certain degree. He may use them to test us, correct us, or draw us closer to himself, or for some other purpose that he knows. But if we trust in the Lord, then man's schemes cannot ultimately harm us. Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. What a wonderful promise this is for the person who goes through a trial. Satan intends these things for evil, to break us, to cause us to compromise or to harm our faith. But God uses them for good if we will just hang in there. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatever was found on him because he believed in his God. We see that God delivered Daniel because he believed in him. Daniel believed that if he would be faithful to God and continue to worship him despite the king's decree, that God would save him, and God did just that. And the king gave the command, and they brought those men who had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives. And the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. These wicked men got what they deserved. What they wanted to do to Daniel was done to them. But why were their wives and children cast into the lion's den? This was the way of the Medes and Persians. They didn't want any remaining member of a traitor's family to conspire to kill the ruler who ordered the father's execution. But this was not God's way. Deuteronomy 24.16 says, Fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor shall children be put to death for their fathers. A person shall be put to death for his own sin. Just because the Bible recorded people doing certain things doesn't mean God approved of them doing it. Verse 25, Then King Darius wrote, To all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you, I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. By God waiting to deliver Daniel through the lion's den rather than from it, it gave reason for Darius to believe that Daniel's God was the living God, steadfast forever, whose kingdom would never be destroyed. 
it caused Darius to put great faith in this wonder-working God. And Darius then used his position to honor God throughout the kingdom of the Medes and Persians. And now he also ordered that everyone tremble before the God of Daniel. But, of course, you cannot legislate worship. And God does not want you worshiping him because you have to, but because you want to, because you love him. God sometimes does allow us to go through the fire, as with Daniel's three friends, or into the lion's den. God allows these things for his own good reasons, and often so that his name will be glorified before the world when they see God deliver us. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Remember, we see the qualities of Daniel. He was a man with an excellent spirit. He was faithful. He was a man of prayer, and he believed God. And when God sees these qualities in a person, just watch. God is going to use that person. Let's close in prayer. Father, we just thank you for this amazing story about Daniel in the lion's den. And what a great story it is, Lord, just for us to take confidence that no matter what the enemy may form against us, no matter how the devil may come as a roaring lion seeking to devour us, that if we will trust in you and resist him, then we will flee from the devil. You will deliver us, and God, you'll use those things for good in our lives. I pray, Lord, help us to have the faith of Daniel and believe you no matter what. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast, and please leave us a review. That helps a lot. Tomorrow we will return to the Psalms where the psalmist remembers the Lord's deliverance in the past. But now God has cast them off and shamed them before their enemies. We hope you'll join us as we continue teaching through God's Word on Simply the Bible.